Hello, friends. Welcome to the trailer for The Road Taken with CT and Bayo. I'm Bayo. And I'm CT. We've embarked on a massive world tour and are excited to experience all the thrills and boredom that entails. To help us process our own experiences along the way, we'll be having conversations with peers, idols, and maybe a rando or two. The Road Taken with CT and Bayo, part of the Ringer Podcast Network on all podcast platforms. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. We are taping this on a Wednesday morning. The fellas are on, their jobs are in jeopardy, squeezing this in during a lunch hour or breakfast hour, or both in Harry's case. Heel producer Jim Cunningham is here. What's happening, Jim? Not much, Sal. How are you doing? Jim, you had another winner. That's two weeks in a row. Yeah. You had the Patriots spread. You make it look easy. You just took the Patriots to defeat the Redskins. It was a little touch and go in the first quarter, but they flexed their muscles, and that that was an easy, easy double-digit win. Exactly. I figure if you're going to bet on someone, bet on the people that are probably going to cheat to win. So Yes, of course. That's (laughs) always the way to go. I mean, I don't know how long you've had these powers to pick games, but it's nice that it it rears its head in uh, October. Two weeks. Oh, it's only two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some people suggested a name for your pick. We still haven't come up with one. Someone said um, Jim's Cunneling Guess, G-U-E-S-S. Ooh. I get it. I like it. It's fun. I don't get it. Oh, oh, you don't get it. All right. We'll have this guy explain it to you. It's a little blue for my liking. I don't need to say that every week. You know what? I like Jim's $2 million pick. Let's just do that. Let's <laughs> just right. go. With it. I don't think anyone will have a problem with that. Um, also on the line, they didn't fare as well. One and two with their best bets, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Well, I want to talk to all of you, but I, I especially need to check in with Harry. I haven't heard. Harry, was t- he's got this new job. He's writing online, sports gambling, 24 hours a day. The new job took him to London for the Bears-Raiders uh, game, which was a fun one. But also, I want to hear all about it, Harry. Real quick, what what happened? How was it? Yeah, first off, the guys at uh, Odd Shark were fantastic, working with them. Great time. Had a lot of fun. We went to two soccer games. Uh, went to see uh, Arsenal. They beat Standard Liège 4 nothing. The beautiful uh, arena. Also saw West Ham uh, play Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace was a plus three Hundred underdog, they won the game, so that was fun. And again, yeah, Bears and Raiders. Now, uh, I was on Clay Travis this morning. Uh, I'll keep the coverage, and we discussed. Uh, I know he went last year uh, to London, and there are a lot of different things that go on there than the states. Obviously, I, like at the Arsenal game and the uh, and the West Ham game. So you can't drink during the game. I didn't know that. He didn't know that either. Uh, where you can't drink during the game in the arena, but if you step outside of the arena. You can drink. And at halftime at the Arsenal game, they just, like, had free beer at the pub, like, like outside. Like, like, people are just pounding beers like crazy. But then when the game starts the second half again, you cannot drink beer anymore. Very odd. Wow. Normally, we'd leave, you know, uh, the stadium as soon as the game's over. You can start drinking again in the stadium afterwards and it stays open for, like, three hours. Very weird. Um, Interesting, right but they don't. The you you only hotel. drink those marijuana drinks, right? You don't. You don't have any uh, <laughs> you know, desire for regular beer, <laughs> do you? Yeah, yeah, you know, well, you know, when, when in Rome or or uh, London, right. you know, whatever. Anyways, yes. but uh, you know, the betting parlors there. I went into a couple of betting parlors. I gotta say, the betting parlors there suck. They have employees they there, and they don't know what to do. They don't. Uh, I, you're allowed to bet NFL, but they have no idea about the teams, what an over under is. They've never heard of, uh, there was like six employees, they had never heard of the word parlay in their life. How dare wow. they? How dare they? But never this is one of those of things where there's one on like every corner, right? It's like, a, it's basically like a 7-Eleven. And nothing against 7-Eleven, yeah, I mean, you also, yeah, but, you manage a 7-Eleven also. But there's there so many of these, right? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. It's, they're kind of dumpy. They got like a couple slot machines in there, but then... It's mostly people betting lotto. I mean, honestly, they, they, I, tr- I tried explaining how to do a parlay. They didn't get it. Um, they called it an accumulator. And then when I gave them the teams, they didn't, I had an over-under in there. They didn't know what the over-under was. So it was just a kind mm. of a pain. But still, overall, the trip was great. And actually, heading into the stadiums, all of a sudden, some guy starts screaming my name outside of the, uh, um, 
the Tottenham Stadium where the Bears and Raiders are playing. Mm. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to Jazz, this guy who's uh, a listener of us. He's a follower of AAO. Uh, he loves our show. He said, Harry, right? Harry from AAO? That's, that's me. Wow. He's like, I love you guys. And we took a picture with him, and uh, we went over his uh, pick. He had the Bears minus nine and a half on a, on a adjusted right. line. He wasn't lucky to win that, but that was pretty nice. All right. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have to hear about everyone you met on this trip, but I want to. Yeah, I do want to say that now there are videos of you. Were you shirtless when you took a picture with this guy? Because there's a video, of Brother Bry or or Paul like Kid jump in. Um, Harry's introduction video. He was a reveal, and he's swinging his shirt. Uh, he's shirtless outside some arena. Uh, it looked like you got winded after like the fourth rotation, but you, you kept it going for a good fifteen seconds, right? Uh, yeah. It was pretty disgusting. Uh, yeah, you did look really <laughs> tired, but I guarantee that was Harry's idea. Nobody even, I guarantee he said, I, oh, I yeah. want to be, I want to be naked. Oh, definitely. hundred <laughs> percent. Good. Nice. All right. <laughs> Excellent. And Harry, you, you said you went to West Ham. I know you're a big fan of all kinds of ham. Did you didn't chest out, try out the other hams, East Ham, North Ham, South, West Ham was good enough. Uh, the West Ham fans, they were great. They were something else. I'll tell you that. Mm. They really, uh, they really, uh, Love their football over there. There you they go. I'll leave it at that. And they like their right. uh, It's they soccer. It's, uh, it's not football. Uh, real quick, Cousin Sal against the Lions. you say soccer over there, they'll rip your head off. Good. Well, did they rip your head <laughs> off? We have headless Harry on? Um, cousin close. Sal against all odds at gmail.com. That's where you can reach us by email. Someone wrote, uh, uh, wrote in, once I heard he was going to the UK for work, I immediately imagined what's – what's like sitting next to Harry on a business class flight would be. Does he class it up? Does he wear a sleeveless shirt and gym shorts? We all agree that his Twitter account is impossible to follow. So I thought this was the only way for the average person to hear about this experience. (laughs) P.S. If Harry's interested, I can match his previous salary. If he's willing to relocate to New York and watch my kids full time. I know he has a new job, but it seems like something he could manage. Uh, One of my kids is already in the degenerate Gamwood's Hall of Fame. I don't know what that means. So he could proceed to take Harry's advice on life. Thanks. Name withheld. Uh, you up for that? But real quick, Harry, did you? What did you wear on the flight? I, I don't imagine it was business class. <laughs> oh, sweatpants, baby, nice and comfortable sweatpants. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'll forward yep. you that email. Parlay kid, what do you think? Harry's back. Did you think he would make it back? Well, oh, Sal, uh, I refused to follow anything that Harry was doing over there. Right? It was so hard <laughs> to 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 uh, keep track of his locks. His like one yeah. A locks, his one B locks, his one C locks that he was giving. Oh, <laughs> oh you mean, you mean, you mean oh. D- Darren? You mean like wash? You mean uh, taking Stanford when they were sixteen point dogs and they went straight up? You mean one of those? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As one as one person put it, like he had wished he had known Harry's uh, one set of locks because he lost on his other set of locks or something I like, like that. that. I uh, love but it. but Harry did a nice job. Uh, listen. Uh, great job by Harry. He's really making a name for himself, and uh, uh-huh. no, it's good to see Sal. It's good to see. Yeah, I, can we even call fun. him a degenerate right now? Can you be called a degenerate if you're doing it for a living? Like no, if this I don't is know. his living now, can he be a I degenerate? Think I would like, say maybe not. And then I saw him swing that shirt uh, topless, and I was like, yeah, he's back. He's back in the category. Jim Cunningham, you have any thoughts on uh, Harry Strip? Yeah, I was hoping that Harry would be one of those assholes who comes back from visiting a place for five days and like picked up the accent. <laughs> <laughs> he like calls the TV the telly or something. Well, he did just call a soccer football, so I guess yeah, 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 he, yeah. yeah he did it. We got to pull him back to our side. All right, we have a good show today. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, former NFL lineman uh, for eight years, he's going to be on. He's a Twitter antagonist. He and Brother Bry got into it a couple weeks back. I don't know, Bry, what happened? You guys were arguing X and O's. Uh, I'll ask him about it. But uh, this was uh, what was it? I can't even remember. It was about Mario Cristobal. I just said it was everything. Uh... Everything wrong with uh, Oregon with Marin Cristobal. It seems like they have enough right. talent on that team to uh, always win. I, I just felt like that was after the uh, Auburn game, though. That's right. Okay, well, I spoke yep. to him Monday, and I was down in the dumps about the Chiefs' loss, killed my locking in title run, killed many money line parlays. He talked me down. We'll have that interview later. We're going to get into NBA next week, MVP, over-unders, conference and division bets. Uh, I'll do it with the trifecta. Then I'll cover some of the other stuff with Simmons and House in two weeks, but for now it's football. I want to read these stats real quick. Road teams, 48-29-1 against the spread. Road dogs, 34-17-1 against the spread. We know this all tightens up eventually. Favorites, I know it's fun in your weekly pool to just pick a favorite, 31-46-1 against the spread. 
uh, underdogs, obviously, the other way, 46, 31, and 1. Um, Vegas has not figured out these lines. We're going to go over the three big games of the week. Uh, what do we have? Philly at Minnesota. Let's start off. The Vikings favored by three. It's moved to two and a half in some spots. 44 is the over-under. It's hard to go off of what these teams did last week. Philly played the Jets. They had 10 sacks. They look solid, though, the week before, Green Bay Thursday. Uh, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is a <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. They beats up on the Giants. I loved that game last week. Um, but that's not a very good defense. Uh, Brother Bry, who do you like going into this game? Yeah, I like the Eagles plus three. I mean, this just seems to me like a three-point game either way. Uh, when you look at Philly, their run defense has been great. They've only given up 63 yards a game, so I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Cousins here to throw the ball. If you look at it, I mean, Aaron Jones, who's been fantastic, was 13 for 21. Karrion Johnson was 20 for 36 against them. And I think after beating the Packers two weeks ago, I mean, this team has plenty of confidence going on the road. They're 5-1 and one in their last six in road games against the spread. They're 12-4 and four against the spread against Minnesota in the last 16. So uh, give me the points here and went over, over Cousins. Harry, you like the other side, right? Yeah, you know, so uh, I had the Vikings also. I liked them against my Giants last week, too, in the Golden Nugget. Me and you both had it. I'm going to make a case for the Vikings this week at minus three. Uh, like you said, some places two and a half. After that tough offensive performance in Chicago, the Vikings did bounce back with over 200 yards from scrimmage from Dalvin Cook last week. Kirk Cousins had almost 300 yards in the first half, and an easy win over the Giants. Uh, Minnesota is 2-0 at home so far this season. They've won those games by an average of 18 points. Uh, Minnesota won at Philly last year, and in that game, Cousins felt comfortable and extremely effective as he completed 17 passes of Thielen and Diggs. Maybe he can continue this type of play versus Philly after he finally had a positive game last week. Uh, the Eagles are only 25th in total offense in the NFL, and that's including games that they played against Atlanta, Washington, and the Jets. So I'm going to take the Vikings at minus three here at home to get it done and go 3-0 and at home this season. By the way, one of us might be recording from a school today, if you hear any bells in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, it's uh, not Harry, so the children uh, don't have to be concerned. It's but, third, um, third period's over. That's it. <laughs> uh, I like the Vikings here. I think uh, Eagles won nine, if you care about stats like this, Eagles won nine and one against spread last 11 in the early afternoon. Uh, so what? But how about this? Vikings eight and one as their last nine as a favorite. It doesn't seem like that's the case. I feel like the Vikings, the Chargers, teams like that let you down if they're favored, but um, not the case. You just don't know what kind of Kirk Cousins you're getting um, here. And if Philly lays on like they did the Jets with 10 sacks, it's going to be tough. But I will say Dalvin Cook, I think averages like, because McCaffrey's having such a great year, Dalvin Cook is overshadowed, averaging 26 touches, um, obviously coming off that horrific injury. But if they can keep him going, make Cousins do little to nothing. You know, these are two teams that are competing for a division. So I think the Vikings should be a three-point favorite at home. I like them to win by uh, at least that. Over, toll's gone over in Eagles' last six games on the road in October. I would take that as a flyer too. Vikings in the over, I would say now. Chiefs and uh, Texans. Chiefs, absolutely terrible Sunday night. Colts ran all day, all over them. At some point in the second half, they had the ball 19 of the first 22 minutes. Texans, at least their offense looked great. Finally, AFC South teams, though, they can't put together two solid games in a row. It's impossible. Um, Casey, I don't think, should have any trouble scoring if what Matt Ryan did last week is any indication. I know Mahomes is hobbling. Maybe this ankle thing will be a thing all year. Uh Parley Kid, you like the home favorite. Yes, Al. I think uh, we both, the Chiefs kind of hammered us both last weekend. Uh, oh. I know I had them on the, the tail end of about an eight or nine team parlay and um, <laughs> was my only loser there. Uh, that was very disappointing. A tough game to watch, wasn't it? Like, uh, especially yeah. if you had the Chiefs, it was such a tough game to watch uh, with, you know, Mahomes limping around and. A little, little mention of it, but you know, Sammy Watkins uh, goes out very early. I'm not even sure if he even made an appearance in the game, but I guess he did. He goes out early, and uh, they just couldn't really get it going. The Colts had a great game plan, and um, they have a great coach, I think, and that's what we're looking at here in some of these games. Man, we got to start just betting on the coach, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm doing that in this game, but I'll take Reed over uh, O'Brien uh, any day of the week at this point. Hill possibly coming back this week. I'm going to 
roll the dice and says he makes his first appearance of the year, which will really, I think, help uh, jumpstart Mahomes again here. Not that he's really tailed off in this play, but I think, oh, here we go. Hear that bell? More bells. And fifth, <laughs> sixth period is beginning, guys. Sorry about that. You won't hear that no again. No time for kids podcast. to gamble. There's like three unless minutes. We go, unless fair. we go 42 more minutes, you won't, you won't hear that again. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, you know, I, the Chiefs are 12-0. and 0. I don't know why I love these early afternoon uh, lines. 8-3 and three against the spread of the last 11 after failing to cover right. uh, in the last home game. So it's a nice spot for them. Trend wise, go ahead, Parlor Kid. You want to it really, it, it really is, Sal. Let's let's roll with the Chiefs here. Uh, with, you know, taking the you know minus five, mm-hmm. and uh, let's let's. I think Mahomes uh, what one touchdown in his last two weeks. Guy's going to yeah. throw about four this week. Let's let's bank on that. About four TDs from Mahomes. There you go. Well, they're a fun home team. Yeah, that was miserable to watch. They never ever had the ball. It was terrible. I hated the fourth and one play. I'll talk about it with Jeff Schwartz later. You'll hear. Um, in the fourth quarter. But uh, Harry, DeAndre Hopkins aside, that must be killing you. All the touchdowns go to Fuller last week. You're still sticking with the Texans. What's your reasoning? Yeah, I'm going to take the points here. Uh, they are eighth in total in, uh, in the NFL in total yards. Uh, they did light up Atlanta for 52 last week. And like you just said, that was that was without DeAndre Hopkins really doing anything in the game. He had 88 yards. He's way overdue for a bust-out game. Texans are 4-0-1 against spread uh, in the last five as a road dog. And the visiting team in this matchup is 5-1 against spread in the last six games versus each other. I just don't think Kansas City is right. Mahomes, like just mentioned, one touchdown pass in the last two games. It was only 22 of 39 versus Indy. And KC only had 36 yards rushing versus Colts. Plus, Kansas City's run, run defense gotten burned two weeks in a row. Marlon Mack Damn. had 132 last week, and Detroit's on Johnson had 125 in the game. KC was extremely fortunate to win. I'm going to roll the dice with the Texans here uh, with five. Since we now know Mahomes and the Chiefs are not invincible at home, I'm going to take the Texans with a five. All right. Yeah, that's a fun game. It's a fun one to watch. Again, I don't trust any of these AFC South teams, and I have to give Andy Reid, even though he drove me crazy last game, the advantage here. Uh, third big game I want to go over, San Francisco at the Rams. Minus three and a half. Rams are 49 and a half is the over on there. I made a parlay this week. Not sure I've ever done this before. I took the 49ers Monday night over the Browns. And because there was a line out already, I took the Rams over the 49ers. So within like six days, I'm predicting um, six hours of uh, 49ers games. I'm sure I'll get that wrong. But I uh, nailed the first half of it. I like the Rams here. The line opened at four and a half. I thought it'd be six. Uh, Parley Kid and I are watching this team. You know, over 900 yards passing for Goff in two games and not a win to show for it. It really it makes no sense. I know there's not much to dislike about the 49ers other than they're uh, on a short week. Brother Bry, uh, you're going Rams? Yeah, I'm going to go the Rams here. I mean, I hate to say it, but the way this division has been, this is kind of like if they're looking to win the division, the Rams, this is almost kind of a must win with Seattle and 49ers, especially a home game against the 49ers. And I know this is a huge game for all of us because I have the Rams, a big parlay for the Rams to make the playoffs. You guys have them to win the division, I think, or at least parlay kid does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a huge game for us. I, I've been Look, I've been really impressed with the 49ers defense. I do think they're probably going to cause Goff a little bit of problems here, but the one thing you could say is at least the 49ers have been playing the AFC North, which I think at this point in time we know is pretty bad. Uh, the Rams are going to be on the extra rest. 49ers had the short week. I'm banking on McVay having a good plan, game plan coming off a loss. I think this is one of those yeah, zigzag games. 49ers played great. Rams blew their game. Uh, Rams are 6-1 and one against the spread uh, as a favorite in their last seven. The 49ers are 1-5 against the spread last six against the division. So, like I said, we got a lot riding on this, so um, I'm, I'm sticking with the Rams here. Parley Kid, I know you're going Rams, too. I, I think, like, the, the 49ers are one of several teams, including our Cowboys, who played bad squads and were overvalued right. because of it. Um, I would include the Browns in that as a bad t- – I, I really just think they're very undisciplined. I don't like this Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. More penalties, but seven more penalties. Like, uh, they lead the league in penalties. It's a disaster. And – Baker Mayfield has not to digress, but go in this other direction. But everyone hates Baker Mayfield. Bosa plants a flag on him. You know he'd been planning that for months. Yep. So I'm not sure if this 49ers win what to make of it. I know they're on a short week. You like the Rams. Absolutely, Sal. 
as Brother Bryce said, this is kind of shaping up to be a must-win for the Rams in terms of uh, their plans of winning the division, uh, getting a high seed in the playoffs. Remember, they traveled to Seattle uh, and really, so they, Zerline kicks a field goal, they win a game. Or if, yeah. if Robert Woods comes down a, uh, you know, I, I, we still both think it's possibly could have been a touchdown to give them like a 10 or 11 point lead late in that game uh, when he just was like an eyelash away from getting his uh, one part of his body down in the end zone there to win that game. They could be sitting here at 4-1 and one rather than 3-2, and two, and we wouldn't be talking about this being such an important game. But for them right now, McVay knows it's an important game. They're basically coming off a mini-bye week right now, while the Browns are coming off a short week. We normally know that's a recipe for success, especially for the home team here, which is the Rams, even though I know the 49ers do not have to travel very far. But at the same time, uh, Goff is getting things together. Uh, and I thought they showed a little bit better balance with Gurley running the ball last week. Let's expect a little bit more of that. Wade Phillips devises a plan to stop this 49ers running game, make Jimmy G throw the ball to beat them. Let's take the Rams this week. Sal, I think this is a, is a good one. It's going to help us because, as you mentioned, I'll lock it in. The Rams schedule gets pretty favorable after this for several weeks. Yeah, and if you like them for the division, now might be the time to pounce. They're plus 150. Although I will say this is the best division by far. I think you got the Rams, you got Seattle, you have San Francisco. Anytime any of those three teams play each other, you have to watch. And then you got Kyler Murray. The, the uh, Arizona's not going to do anything. Sorry, Harry, they're just not. But he's right up there. Once again, favored. He That flip-flops every week to be yeah. offensive rookie of the year. Rams also 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 games. All right, let's talk MVP here because these are numbers that are really not jumping a ton in terms of who's at top. Patrick Mahomes, after two stinker game, one okay game, and then one, I don't know what happened Sunday night, still the favorite minus 110 to take home the uh, trophy. Russell Wilson has moved up three to one odds. Now these numbers jump around no matter wherever you're looking. Uh, you're going to get different numbers widely varying. Deshaun Watson, eight to one. Christian McCaffrey, interesting, 10 to 1. Rodgers, 20. Wentz, 20. Prescott, 20. And then you have Tom Brady, like barely, uh, barely making it right in there in the 2025 range. Um, let's start with you, Harry. Who do you like for MVP? Yeah, you know, so I've, I've, uh, I've seen Russell Wilson as high as uh, 10 to 1. Uh, I mean, in our fantasy league, he is killing it for me, keeping me alive at 3 and 2. Uh, he's got 14 total touchdowns this year, still, zero picks. Six of those touchdowns come in the fourth quarter. He's making guys like Will Disley, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, household names in fantasy. The guys you got to start because of the way he's playing. Uh, he controls the offense better than anybody uh, quarterback-wise this year, even Brady. So if you can find uh, Russell Wilson, maybe 10-1, to 1, that is well worth it. And I will make a case real quick for Matthew Stafford. I've seen him at 100-1. to 1. Got nine Malcolm. touchdowns, two picks. I'm just saying... Look, if they take down Green Bay on the road on Monday night, and he's the reason why they win that game, look out. Detroit beat 3-1-1 one, and one in first place in the north. Nah. At 100-1, look out for Stafford, especially if he say he goes for three touchdowns, he'd be at 12-2. and two. 12, if he goes for three touchdowns on the road, he's 12-2 through week five. No, he's, Matthew Stafford's never winning MVP in this league. He's just not doing it. It's it's nice, Harry, but you're wasting people's Detroit, Detroit should have beat Kansas City, too, remember? They're right there. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm with you on uh, if you can get Wilson still at 10-1. to 1. It's tough to find those odds. Uh, this doesn't really matter, but fantasy-wise, you talked about it. He and Mahomes have just as many points. Uh, they're tied at the top. Um, Brother Bry, who do you like for MVP? Uh, let's see. I, I mean, I don't think there's a ton of value with Mahomes at minus 110, considering he's been gimpy in two games so far, because, you know, there, there's a realistic shot he can miss a game or two at some point in time if this continues to happen or he continues to get hit every play. But also, I mean, his numbers are fantastic overall, considering, like, last game, I mean, I can't even blame him the last game, because his main receiver is the guy named Pringle, who nobody knows who the hell that is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of... I lean with you guys too with Wilson, uh, depending on where you get him. Cause I think what's going to, the same thing every year with Wilson. I mean, he gets a lot of attention because he's probably going to win seven, eight, nine games just in the fourth quarter alone. You know, he, he pulls out, pulls these games out of his ass. I do think the one thing with Wilson this year is I, maybe not the first game or two, but I think he's been much more aggressive early in games 
especially moving around than he was in the past couple of years. I, I felt like he waited um, until the really waited until the fourth quarter to do anything. Whereas I feel like this year he's trying to make plays a little bit earlier in the game. So mm-hmm. I I like him and and like you said with with McCaffrey at ten to one. Don't really love that. Because what does McCaffrey have to do? He's got to get, I don't know, 2,300 yards and 20 touchdowns to, to win this thing, which, I mean, not impossible, but yeah. I, I think that's tough. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, look, if you look at Wilson and <laughs> play by play, you're going to get highlights from him. This is this is what this is how Russell Westbrook, another Russell, won MVP. He was the Sports Center highlight machine. Um, Russell Wilson, same thing, rolling left, throwing that pass to lock it. That's as good a throw right. and catch as you'll ever see. Um, you see enough of those all of a sudden, Russell Wilson. And if they win 10 or 11 games, that's your guy. You brought up Mahomes. It is tough because he's still uh, with the two clunker games, still on pace for 5,500 yards and like 35 touchdowns. And that team is going to win 12 or 13 games. So they're going to be fine. Uh, Parlay kid, I'm curious to think, who do you like? Well, so I guess we're really all on the same page here. Uh, like, you know, listen, Mahomes, as you just said, even in his two clunkers, I know he only threw one touchdown pass, but in terms of the yardage, he threw for over 300 yards in both games. So if that's his clunker, uh, you know, he's still going to now have some games where he throws for over 400 yards and three or four touchdowns. This guy's going to end up, if like Brian said, he's, he's hobbling around a little bit. But if he ends up uh, playing in all 16 games, he's going to throw for 5,500-plus yards and close to 40 touchdowns again. It's going to be very hard to not give him the award. So if you're getting almost yep. even odds right now, it's still not bad. But as I remarked watching uh, Russell Wilson the other night, I said to Brian, I said, I don't know how this guy ever loses a game. Anytime mm-hmm. there's a big play that he is asked to make, because sometimes we know Pete Carroll, well, I shouldn't, well, he did make one terrible play once. But uh, <laughs> in terms of what we've seen lately, like you said, that locket pass, I think when the ball left his hand, uh, there was a 6% chance, you know, on, on these uh, stats they give you, mm-hmm. of that ball actually being caught. It couldn't have been placed in a, in a better spot. He continually right. makes plays like this, right? You, you cannot bet against Russell Wilson in any game anymore, I feel like. He will burn you time and time again. The problem again. is it's, you'll see, like, games where his offensive line just can't protect him, and you're like, oh, they're at it. It has nothing to do with Russell Wilson here. Yep. But they, they just can't win this game. And I think it's going to be interesting because they play the Browns this week, the Browns can't protect Baker. Maybe they don't want to. Maybe they just don't want to. But you can see a lot of sacks both sides with these offensive lines. So that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. I'm going to make a case, though, for McCaffrey here. Now, I understand yeah. the running back will never win, can never win. But Polly Kidd and I, we, I think we like Todd Gurley. We had money on him last year. He was on pace for yeah. 30 or 25 or 30 touchdowns. Like, this yeah. is going to be a great year. Now, he didn't get to that. But it didn't matter because Vegas didn't value him as he, he was never at a you know great odds to win the MVP. Anyway, uh, he ended with I think with seventeen touchdowns. But McCaffrey has eight sixty six scrimmage yards through five games. He's on pace for twenty seven hundred total. Peterson two thousand twelve when he won it at twenty one hundred you know rushing and twelve touchdowns. McCaffrey though is a game changer. It's just it's just a different. It's nice to have numbers, but like I said, you see enough of these highlights of him breaking away from the field, no one touching him within 10 yards of, at any point. Like, boy, and it really doesn't even matter. He's making Kyle Allen look good. Like, it, he's not the most important uh, – the quarterback's not the most important player on the field anymore for the Panthers. So, I would make a case for him. I saw 12-1. to 1, I saw 10-1. to 1. I think it should be lower. Jim Cunningham, who do you like? You watch all these games, right? Who, who, who's your pick? Yeah, I like uh, Matthew Stafford because I like flushing money down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect see all right so matthew stafford it is harry see someone to, don't ever say that the new producer doesn't back you up here i got you he harry. likes matthew oh, no stafford doubt. as well exactly yeah where's tate uh that brings us to our sponsored segment where's tate captain morgan's make-believe riverboat casino each week the degenerate trifecta and i set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events uh, oh, lots of dominant athletes and dominant teams continuing to dominate last week. Probably Kid and I watched Aaron Rodgers beat up on the wow. Cowboys. Didn't really throw for any touchdowns, but the Cowboys have a 111 winning percentage against the Packers since 2009. I think Rodgers, uh, 7 and 2, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. And then the Yankees, Probably Kid Brother Brian, the Yankees beat up on the Twins. Yes. Cost me a day off, 13 in a row. 
That's insane. It got the captain thinking, which is the most dominant athlete or team over another athlete or team set odds on this. Now, the obvious favorite, the Globetrotters over the Generals, 1 to 500 odds. They won 2,495 games in a row from uh, 1952 to 2015. So that's tough to top. Um, <laughs> but let's, pl- let's play the game anyway. Yankees over Twins, 15 to 1 odds. I read their credentials. Rogers over the Cowboys, 25 to 1. Notre Dame over Navy, 40 to 1. They had a 43 game winning streak snapped in 2007. I think that's all recruiting. I, th- I think people uh, would rather play for Notre Dame. Just my gut. And the field is 8 to 1. Let's start with you, uh, Parley Kid. Who do you like? So I'm taking the field here. Uh, it's been well documented on this podcast. The uh, Brian versus Harry tennis rivalry Ooh. is as one-sided as it gets. Meeting mm-hmm. twice in the last two years, maybe three, close, I'm not sure, again. Twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice in the last two years. Uh, the Great only back. two times Brother Bry has picked up a racket in two decades. Uh, Brother Bry has dismantled Harry, leaving him bruised and broken, both mentally and physically. And quite <laughs> frankly, he has become a shell of his former self. Oh. So take the field and Brother Bry over Harry with that dominance. I like it. When you say a shell, you mean like that chocolate shell they put on uh, ice cream? It, it, it solidifies in a few seconds? <laughs> Harry, you want to defend yourself and, and make a pick yourself? No? Well, I don't know if I was dismantled since they both went three sets. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a dismantling or anything. But Never beat him. Get a zero winning percentage. Zero. <laughs> if we played one set, if we played one set, I'm 2-0. and oh. <laughs> Okay. All right. Who's your pick? All right, anyways. All right. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to actually take Ohio State football over Jim Harbaugh. Look, I, don't, mm-hmm. I know they've only played four times, but... Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in all of sports, I think, very possibly. And ironically, he happened to be born in Ohio. In 2015, he lost by 29 to Ohio State. In 16, JT Barrett got outplayed by Michigan. And still, they lost the game in double overtime to uh, Michigan. In 17, they lost by 11. And last year, I really thought Michigan was going to win the game. thought they had a better team than Ohio State. Ohio State put 62 on them. And it's been a carryover effect in the bowl games. Harbaugh's only one and three in bowl games for, for Michigan. I just don't think he's over, he's beyond overrated. And can't get it done. And I was really wrong about Michigan this year. I'm admitting it. I was wrong about Ohio State, too. thought Ohio State with the coach day being in there. They're going to have to mm-hmm. reset a whole bunch of things. I didn't think Fields was going to be that good. When they played, I think, Sal, I think you guys probably, Brian probably knows, too. I think that line opened at like two and a half at the beginning of the season. I'm hearing stuff. Now it's Ohio State like minus 11. I think they roll Michigan and Harbaugh just can't get it done against Ohio State or anybody really. Uh, If if Ohio State loses that game, it's the last game of the year, uh, regular season game. Well, honestly, college football's fixed. I'm sorry. I I just, that's, uh, last year was weird. Michigan was the better team and they got trounced, but this is, this is craziness. But I do like Harry that you, you, uh, you get all over the parlay kid for mentioning the tennis match because the sample size is too small. And now you're bringing up Harbaugh four games. But, well, I will say know. this. I will say this in defense of Harbaugh, Sal. Um, in mm-hmm. 2004 to 2006, he was at the University of San Diego. And if he did win anything in those three years, he did beat Darren's alma mater, the Dayton Flyers, all three years. Okay. All right. That's important to know. All right. Uh, Brother Bry, yep. what do you like? Here? Um yeah, I'm going to go with the Yankees Twins. Look, we, we've been talking about for baseball what, what toss-ups these are. You can tell, and, you know, you see it in these the Astros Rays series. Uh, you can basically flip a coin or, you know, it really just depends what pitcher's hot. It's almost like a hockey series. But the Yankees have won 13 straight playoff games against the Twins, which seems impossible. I don't know how that's happening. I mean, the Twins have led in some of these games 4 nothing, 2 nothing, 3 nothing, and they're just getting dominated. I mean, we saw in Game 3, I mean, they had – how many chances to score like 10 to 15 runs in that game and, and they got nothing. So, I mean, to win 13 straight playoff games in baseball, is it's crazy. The Twins fans have to be beside themselves with that. Um, so I, I'm going to take the Yankees Twins. I think you're right. Uh, yes, that's a good comparison. The baseball hockey, when you know, when the, when the postseason lights come on, it, it's, it, it should be a coin flip. By the way, I think it's crazy that the Yankees beat the Orioles as much as they did. You bring a a uh, hundred win team like the Twins won hundred games, right? We bring a hundred win team like the Twins in there. <laughs> Most home runs they have eight 
players with over 20 home runs, you can't, it's a coin flip 13 times and they can't, they can't beat. I know that lineup wasn't, you know, from 2009 and some of these other games we're talking about, but for crying out loud, twins, that is bad. Can't win in front of the home crowd. Not once. That's a bad one. That's a playoff uh, and, and more recent. So that's in everyone's mind. That's a good one. I'm going off the board here. I am saying, Paula Kidd, I don't know if you're going to like this. 1993, Bill Walsh, college football on Sega Genesis. Me. I'm taking me. I had a 55-game winning streak in that yeah. game. More, more, Most of the games over you, Parley Kid, our friend Chris, our friend Frank, and uh, Andrew Albam. I was Georgia. I had Eric Zier, Garrison Hurst. Uh, I think Andre Hastings was a wide receiver. 55 games in a row against you slugs. And I lost it. We, we, you know, it's funny. We brought up Joe DiMaggio as, as, as if that has anything to do with it. But ironically, it was 50 or coincidentally, it was 56 games. I couldn't get to 56. Uh, Frank playing as Auburn blocked an extra point Auburn. against me and I lost. Right. right. <laughs> Who did you play, Paul? I can't, I forget. What, what team were you? Do you remember? I think I was Michigan. You were probably I Michigan. I think I played with ha- Michigan. Yep. Harry's Michigan now, team. Yeah, I know. Now, can, can, can we... Can we do a? Can we go back and can we play that game one time? I don't think you and I ever got to play each other, but I will say, mm. in that college football game, I beat my brother John. These are five minute quarters. I beat my brother John one game, hundred and thirty something to nothing. So I would like wow. to go back and challenge some people and go watch college football. That was so damn fun. Uh, I remember our friend Chris would play Miami, and he would drop back as the quarterback. I forget who it was, but he would drop back about twenty five yards and pass every single play. And it's either a touchdown or intercepted. Yeah. So that was me. I'm, I'm nominating me. 55 wins in a row in 1993. Uh, all right. Oh, Jim, you must have a thought on this. Yeah, I'd destroy all you in uh, Bill Walsh College Football, just to let you know. Really? I used to play that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that Miami quarterback? Gino Toretta? Was it Toretta? Well, it was 93. Maybe? It must. It was 92 season. Yes, it had I, to be Toretta, right, yeah, Aaron? Yeah. And that Michigan team probably yeah, sure. was what, yep. like Tyrone Wheatley or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that I think the best it. team was. The, I think the best team was like Colorado, right? Cordell Stewart and that. Oh years. yeah. I, I, that was the best Michael team. Michael Westbrook. The enemy or something. Yeah, I think that. I think that was it. Yeah. But Jim, do you have a thought other than uh, on these odds, or you're, you're oh, yeah. just going? Most... You call me out for being. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like uh, Eli Manning over the Patriots. In two Super Bowls, <laughs> most dominant ever. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that there's some validity to that. I really do. And by the way, this Thursday game, it's going to be a disaster. Don't be surprised. I might have said it on Simmons if uh, if that Belichick commissions the defense to go out and hurt Daniel Jones just so he can get one more lick at Eli Manning just to beat him in his last uh, <laughs> last time ever in Gillette Stadium. Nobody's Harry, playing an like- offense for the Giants. Nobody's playing on offense. Ingram's out. Oh, don't don't Shepard's you make out. excuses. Stop making excuses. Mm. This is your team. This is your team. You love I'm it. Just or hoping leave it. Belichick, you know, plays the game under and doesn't roll it up and put up 45, 48 on him. That's all. Yeah, that's not it's his way. Do you want? Do you want Eli in this game? Um, no, not really. I mean, uh, right. not really. Keep it, keep it the way it is. Let Daniel right. Jones take his lumps, and uh, still, you know, he's been okay. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, Dallas keeps losing. Giants aren't out of the NFC East yet. Yeah, your bet's looking good. Yeah, Giants still are bad. There. <laughs> bad team still to beat there. worst teams. Uh, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, we're here. The best bets. We're going to do it. Uh, well, we, we made fun of Harry's Patrick Cantlay Top 10 pick because it's the first week in October. I was excited about all other sports. I like golf when golf's the only thing going, but you can't let come in first or second. What did he do? He lost in the playoff, but he was in the lead the entire tournament. Right. So okay. It was, a, it was a plus 110, no doubter, never had to sweat it, always at the top of the leaderboard. There you go. I can't even imagine how much you made it. How much did you win off of that? <laughs> Nothing. Listen, I was busy, man. I was busy in uh, across the pond. You know, I had shit going on. All right, I got you. All right, let's go with you. You were the uh, sole winner last week. What's your best bet? Here's how it works: these guys pitch their best bets. I buy one of them. I jump on one of them, and then we uh, scream at each other the next week. Yeah. Best right, bet. Well, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back uh, to football. I'm gonna go to college football. I'm gonna go to uh, UMass. Versus Louisiana Tech, and I'm taking under 61. 
All right, Brother Bri, what is your best bet? <laughs> Come on, Harry, for God's sakes. Uh, listen, hey, 13 of the last 14 Louisiana Tech Bulldog games have gone under. UMass has tried three different quarterbacks this year. They only have seven total touchdowns. They have nine picks. They're one in five in four of those six games. They failed to score more than 21 points, and they were shut out last week versus Florida International. Louisiana Tech, after giving up 45 points to Texas in the season opener, they're giving up just 18 points a game in their next four games, which were all wins. UMass, Louisiana Tech, the Minutemen Bulldogs game under 61. All right. Heard enough. Brian, okay, now you can go. <laughs> I will say. Brian, you lost with, uh, you lost with Utah State yes, last week? That, I, was, that was a rough one. Yeah, I was. I was fucking ice cold last week. I couldn't hit anything. I continue it into this week. I've been dog shit. Um, yeah, Utah State had one chance middle of the second quarter to tie the game up. Uh, they threw a pick, and after that, I knew it was over. But I will say with Harry, he had a great week. He, he had a lot of nice picks. We we did give him shit, though, for the golf thing because, one, again, he's picking golf when nobody wants to talk about golf at this point. And, you know, he picked <laughs> the second-best golfer in the field and made it like it was this this crazy pick that he had in that golf thing. That's the only reason I was, you know, I was busting his my, shot. My, my theory why I took Cantlay was pretty good, though. Oh, you had a good week. I'm not going to... What, what gonna was your theory? You wanted to infuriate the rest of us and it worked? <laughs> that was a good theory. It's you. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. I'm going to go I'm gonna go back to Texas. I had them earlier in the season against LSU, um, but I'm going to take Texas getting 11.5 against Oklahoma. I think this jumped up today to 11, 11.5. Um, it was 10.5 yesterday. But look, they were getting... The last game against LSU, they were getting six, six and a half. That was a close game. They had a chance to win that game, and they were in it the whole time. LSU and Oklahoma, to me, are very comparable teams, although I think LSU is a better team. Um, so I'm baking on, again, this is something I did the last time, but I'm baking on Her- uh, Herman is very good covering the spread against as an underdog. You know, obviously, this is the biggest game of the year for Texas, so they're going to be up for it. Oklahoma, while they've been great, they – if you look at their schedule, they still really haven't faced anyone yet, so this is going to be a great test for them. I just expect Sammy E to make a lot of play, uh, plays to keep drives going. Uh, Texas is 6-1 and one against the spread against uh, Oklahoma in the last seven, so I'm thinking right. this is going to be like a 34-31-ish game, uh, but 11.5 seems way too high for me. Parlay kid. Well, so I'm going to go with the parlay this week, and I'm going to do a little multi-sport parlay here. We're going to take the Astros first at minus 1.5. And that's going to be at minus 125. So they got the best pitcher in baseball going tomorrow night. Uh, I think they wrap up the series and make a little charge at the Yankees. But either way, this is good news for the Yankees to see this series go five no matter what. And I'm a winner either way. If the Rays win, I think this is better for the Yankees. But I think the Astros win this game somewhere in the tune of like five to one with Cole cementing his like $40 million salary uh, for next year. And then we're going to add three gimmies in football. So the Ravens minus 550 over the Bengals. Uh, the Cowboys minus 350 over the Jets. The parlay kid will be at that game, Sal. Uh, as will Tony Romo. As will Tony Romo be doing that game. Right, Sal? Am I correct when I say that? Uh, only Harry really keeps track of the games everyone's doing. Is he doing yeah, it? Yeah, this is true. And the Pats, at, let's just throw the Pats in there. It doesn't really add much value, but they're beating the Giants pretty handily tomorrow night at minus 1300 all in all it adds up to a plus 195 parlay let's take that uh let's start with the astros astros win i'm winning this parlay so all right i i think you might be right i don't know i uh all right let's look at let's look at it real quick first of all parlay kid we were at the the last game the last time the jets played the uh cowboys we were at the game brother bry was there too harry was not invited was that the game when romo threw the pick at the end of the game right no, nope, that's not the one. <clears throat> but Romo called that game for us too, Polly Kid. After after the game at his house, he he basically broke down the X's and O's. So that was, it was started amazing. something good. Amazing. Um, all right, Harry, UMass, Louisiana Tech. I got to tell, you, I'm just not. By by the time Saturday rolls around, I'm, there's no way I'm going to remember that I bet this game with you with all that's going on. So, uh, good luck to you on this. Uh, you, right. Yeah, you make sense. Under sixty one, <laughs> fine. I'm not doing it. Um, Brother Bry, oh, man, this is such a tough one. In Texas, I know I know they stay close, and they win when they're not supposed to in this uh, in this rivalry, Red River rivalry, and Ellinger's great. I just 
Oklahoma's just got something special about them this year. I think they've scored at least one touchdown in every quarter this season. And I don't love Texas's defense. Um, they're like 104th in the nation, about 442 yards. Uh, I'm gonna st- I'm going with the parlay kid here. I'm doing it. I like the Astros. They better win. Oh, God, I have them unlocking in. I'm done if they lose. Cole's great. Ravens scare me a little bit, but they should take care of business against the Bengals. Cowboys, I think it's a sandwich game. Maybe they don't cover, but I like plus 195 for that parlay. I'm going with you, parlay kid. That's a good one. Jim Cunningham. Do it. Your $2 million pick. Here we go. <laughs> We've all been waiting for it. We waited like uh, 45 minutes now. What's it looking like? I like the Cowboys over the Jets. Seven that's going to be your pick? Seven and a half. That's easy. Yeah. You're a Jets fan. You don't think this is their Super Bowl? First of all, everyone's gunning for the Cowboys. And I, I went with Parlay Kids. So I'm going to argue against myself here. But the, everyone guns for the Cowboys. They just had played the Packers. They played the Eagles next week. You don't think they're looking ahead? You're, you have... Because they're playing the Jets this week. So it's Oh, fine. I see. Yeah, okay. I keep go. forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right. basically, Jim's uh, picks are against the Redskins and against the Jets. That's his picks. Exactly. There you go. Jim... Uh, <laughs> Jim, tell us about the eyes and your Twitter and all that uh, fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah. On Twitter, my name's at Jim Cunningham, but the eyes are ones, and the M's are N's, and the N's are R's. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Okay. So it's J-1-N-N-C-U-R-R-1-R-G-H-A. Yeah, I know. See, listen, when you give out $2 million picks in a, at a winning clip, you could you could uh, drag out your handle as much as you want. I understand yeah. that. Um, Parley Kid, what are you up to? I'm at the Chalk Talker. Uh, what am I up to? Well, like I said, I'll be, uh, haven't made a decision if I'll be traveling to upstate New York this week, uh, where mm-hmm. I might possibly be. might be my first time not making the, the uh, trip. But I will be attending the uh, Cowboys-Jets game. I can't wait for it. Um, um, let's bet a lot of money on that game. So I think the Cowboys come out, uh, win pretty big there. All right. Parlay kid going Dak over his own flesh and blood. He said, you're on your own kid. You play football <laughs> upstate. I got to see the pros here. And uh, brother Bry, what about you? Should we call the, should, uh, I feel bad for the parlay kid now. Should we call him uh, the accumulator kid? Harry, is that right? Is that what yeah, they call him that's, in that's London? what we should call him. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, they, uh, for, for that's what they call it in, in uh, London. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm at the brother Bry. Uh, we got, I mean, a ton of good college play games uh, this weekend. Plus, uh, UFC right now. The I actually really like the Kajacek uh, Karate Hottie fight. Although I'm hearing in the last like hour that this fight might not happen unless there's a catch weight. So uh, waiting to see on that. Uh, we also have uh, the WNBA Game Five Finals tomorrow night. Um, I, <laughs> Last night I got uh, I was that was the first WNBA game I was wrong with in the playoffs last night. Mm. So it was a little upsetting. Um, so that that's pretty much it. That's all I got going on. All right, there you go. And Harry, you're back from London. No accent, uh, but you did bring back a ton of candy, from what I understand. A ton. <laughs> I did. Bring up, I did. I did. I did. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, where does this go? Total, Who eats this candy? It was pretty good. What kind of candy? Oh, like is one it? kind of everything that's not in the states. <laughs> what? That could be like hundreds <laughs> the, the of brand candy of bars. candy that's it? only London, only in England. I brought it all back to try it out. Gotcha. You couldn't oh, but, try it there. But yeah, anyway, it's be... out. But yeah, right, I'm the Golden Nugget contest. I'm still hanging around. I'm oh, twenty-two, yeah. twelve, and one. I went four. Nice. One. I went four, mm-hmm. two, and one last week. Uh, I think I'm off the Browns now too. They've lost with those them twice. On a, on a on a big stage at night. So, uh, like I said, twenty two twelve and one. I'm in twenty first. I'm only a, a game and a half back of second. Um, later on today, I will do my third show of the day, Bald Bets and Beyond on Odd Sharks uh, with Chris Abbott, uh, my co-host. You can see me on Guys and Bets on Friday with uh, with Chris and Joe Osborne. And again, mm-hmm. last night I did uh, Outkick the Coverage with Clay. You can listen to that today on Twitter as well. By the way, Harry is now like, hey, tell Clay that I could do 2 a.m. I could, I've, I've somehow become his assistant. He's asking me. I like, asked just, here's his email. That that was, just the, email the, the, the text message you sent me took longer than, than if you would have asked him. No, I don't, I don't like making your schedule. I got too many things to worry about. What time are you going to be on this dumb show? I apologize. Right. 
All right, listen, let's all, all right. celebrate with a chocolate crumpet. We're going to be just fine. <laughs> want to talk about FanDuel here. I'm teaming up with FanDuel. Give you a chance to play fantasy football against me, Bill, and the degenerate trifecta. Best part, the winner gets to fly out to Puerto Rico to be our official correspondent for FanDuel's World Fantasy Football Championship Live Finals. You get an all-expense-paid trip to enjoy four days' worth of WFFC events in Puerto Rico, including an exclusive beach after-party with a live performance by Ludacris. It's crazy. Go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer to enter and draft your week six fantasy team before the games kick off on Sunday. Uh, you know, I go Mahomes. I go uh, the Patriots. I, I think I came in like 600 out of 750. I talked about it on Simmons' podcast. Not good. I'm going to bounce back this week. Um, just don't take any Giants. And remember, you could play against me, Bill, the degenerate trifecta in the Ringer Listener League on FanDuel. Doesn't matter if you missed last week. You can still take home the top prize. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer to enter now. That's FanDuel.com slash Ringer. And now, the great Jeff Schwartz. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. Right now with me, sitting beside me, actually. Good friend of the podcast, former NFL lineman, put in eight years of service. Now offers up his gridiron wisdom on Sirius XM. Pac-12 today. He has a podcast called Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. He, and you know what? He's made a lot of money playing football. He loves pointing it out on Twitter. That's what Twitter's for, Jeff Schwartz. Thanks for coming on against the lot. Look, I, I don't think being humble is a way to go on Twitter. Like I, I feel like if someone's going to troll me, I'm going to troll them back. And I'm not going to... Like, I'm not a humble person. It's okay to be... Right. And you, you work with someone every day who's not humble either. You understand yes. because of Clay what being someone like myself, like I like to point out that I was successful in the NFL. Yeah, you keep it up and you can work your way all the way to the presidency. That's how it is. You don't have to be humble. <laughs> That's, uh, anyone showing that? Yes, sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, I'm sorry with this microphone. I have a, Well, you should see this patchwork uh, uh, setup I have here. Can we put the microphone in there? I don't know what we could do. Anyway, the Chiefs, talk me off the ledge. I had them on a big money line parlay. I needed them to win, lock it in for a fifth consecutive win. They melted down. People were worried about the offense. I am a little bit. I'm more worried about the defense. You have a brother that plays for the team. What are your thoughts of that game? Okay, here's the deal. The Chiefs defense allowed only 4.6 yards of play if you take out the three kneels at the end of the game. So the defense wasn't as bad. Now, the problem still exists where they cannot stop the run. And so when your offense is not playing well, your defense then is kind of exposed. So they cannot get off the field. And that was a problem, obviously. But they still, an interception with Tyron Matthews, like they had plays they made. The Colts were 19 points. Yeah. The Chiefs' offense is a concern. A um, couple of things here. One is that they're out their left tackle, left guard. They're two top wide receivers. Uh, and Mahomes is beat up. We saw his ankle, and then he got stepped on. It probably made it a little worse, which is kind of tough. Um, and I'll say this about Mahomes. This is no knock on him, right? He's still like on record to break all the passing records this year. He has missed guys this year that he did not miss last year. He's missed open wide receivers. A couple drops yesterday too, which did not happen last year. So they've had some concerns, in my opinion, um, just not being as crisp as they were last year. All that being said, their offense is good enough to get them to the AFC Championship game, which is what I imagine all along. And then the Patriots will beat them, like I said, that would happen all along because the Patriots are better. The Patriots defensively right now, uh, if you look at Football Outsiders, have the best defense of all time. And schedule adjusted too, so they're tough to beat. But the the Chiefs, I know the the, the parlays were ruined. The Bears ruined every parlay first of all, and sure. early in the day. Yeah. But yeah, everyone tried to make up with the Chiefs last night. Um, yeah. They they got to figure some things out. Man coverage gave them trouble. But again, with Hill and Watkins back, shouldn't be an issue. Mahomes' ankle though is a problem. Yeah. Uh, he's very mobile in the pocket. If he can't move, that really changes how teams can pass rush him and where guys in the field are going to be open. Yeah, I mean, Honey Badger, I felt, saved the game. I don't I don't know. It might have been a lot worse than than it was right there, right? Like, I, I two big plays, big interception, big third, that, that forced Vinatieri kick a field goal rather than scoring. But, and now I saw your brother interviewed. He said we couldn't block. By the way, much more eloquent than you are. But I, I don't know how that happened. But but uh, he said we couldn't block. It, it, is, it is weird watching your quarterback you know, stepping over a down lineman and they, they might have trouble like offensively, but I, I'm worried defensively. I, I know you said it wasn't that bad. I just feel like you're going to have a Sony Michelle or maybe even a Lamar Jackson that can run for 200 yards against them in January. That's not a concern for you. 
it's always been a concern. That's why I like the Patriots. Like they, this game didn't change. I don't know what people thought about. Uh, I came on your podcast that said take the Patriots what plus seven hundred to win the AFC. Like they are the best team in the AFC. This game doesn't change my opinion on that. Guess who's number one in the AFC? The Patriots. Number two is the Chiefs. Like it's not that didn't change. Even though you know the Bills are four and one, I don't buy the Bills being a, a legitimate contender to win the conference. Um, so nothing has changed. Now if they play the Texans this week at home and struggle again on offense. Then I think we have a little bit of questions to answer because the Lions was sloppy, but they still won the game. What happens now when three straight weeks of poor offense? Then it's time to maybe freak out about. The Chiefs and maybe Tyreek Hill is coming back too. They, he almost played uh, this past week that didn't get in. I'm sure that'll help. Um, it, it's funny because I like the Patriots too, but I was looking for a line Patriots Chiefs AFC Championship. I'm like, that's got to be it. That's the only sure thing. Are we looking for an exacta, a, a potential second team if the Chiefs don't make it? Who, who, who? I, I mean, that's a question right now, right? So let, let's look. Is it the Browns? Browns played tonight. Um, I don't even know this podcast coming out tonight. <laughs> it's coming out whenever, whenever they're playing the, the, the 49ers. Um, and I don't think they're going to win the game and the Niners win. So then what do you make of the Browns? They're now what? Two and three, right? If they lose that game, the Ravens to me are a not legitimate contender. I don't, I didn't never liked them in the season. They took a, a terrible rough in the passer call, a third string quarterback on the Steelers to win an overtime. Uh, what the Texans, do you trust the Texans? No one does. Right. Can, can the Colts be that team? Probably not. I mean, like I said, they have some limitations, I think, offensively. Um, who, who, no, you're right. You're I, right. The, Bills, the Bills offensively are awful. I mean, I, defense is great. Yeah. So it, it just feels like naturally. And then on the other side, I don't, the NFC, no idea. It's just like four teams up there. But yeah, no, that AFC South, I, I said it, it's tough for any of those teams to put together two straight wins. It's really weird. But I went back to the game last night. I'm sorry, the Sunday night game. I wanted to ask you, as an offensive lineman, at one point in the second half, the uh, Colts had the ball for 19 of 22 minutes. As an offensive lineman on the sideline, on the other t- on the three-minute side, what are you thinking right there? Do you want to get back in? you want to punch someone in the mouth? It's a, you Probably for six minutes out of an hour, it, they had been on the field, the line, right? I think you are thinking, we better score, we get the ball back. Because if that can, if that pace continues, you're going to lose. Uh, now, time of possession has not been correlated to winning. Thank you, analytics, for that. It's something that's like always been in our mind, right? Time of possession equals wins. Everyone now is like, no, nah, that doesn't mean anything. All our long-held beliefs about football just just being destroyed, just being destroyed before us. Um, uh, but nonetheless, you know, you have to. It puts pressure on the offense to come back and have to make plays, and also really, you know, make a play within a drive. Like if you score really quickly, it's great, obviously, but your defense is back on the field. So you're thinking like, man, we better, we better score. Now you're feeling great. Obviously yeah. uh, you get paid the same, whether you play for three minutes or 19. So uh, that's always something we get about, but nonetheless, we, it, you just got to score. I mean, it, it just made, it puts a pressure around you. The Colts offensive line. I have a man crush on them. Yeah. Quinn Nelson, that left guard. Oh, yeah, something else. The Colts offense line is good. The, the, I don't know who missed their assignment. I think your brother played it perfectly. Everyone else missed their assignment. But we we saw a glimpse of Andy Reid on that fourth and one play in the fourth quarter. I kind of feel like any other play, play action. I know he had a bum wheel, uh, Mahomes. You don't want to roll him out or anything. But isn't there? aren't there so many better plays in the run up the gun on fourth and one? So the left tackle missed his block, and the guy went free on that power. That, that really hurt the play. Um, What's interesting is if Andy Reid threw the ball and they missed it, people would say, oh, here's Andy Reid throwing the ball again when he shouldn't, right? If he runs the ball and they get stuffed, it's, oh, Andy Reid should have thrown the ball. He cannot win because, unfortunately, as good of a coach as he's been, he's had these little mistakes. If Andy Reid were to win a Super Bowl, the whole narrative of him would change. Like it, it, would, it would propel him into, and I think people in the league view him as a top-tier coach, right? Belichick, probably Andy Reid. Oh, Belichick, Sean Payne, Andy Reid, somewhere like that, I think probably top sure. three. If you were to win, it obviously go up to the you know, second instead of behind Belichick. So, yeah, it's a no-win situation for him. Are there better plays? I guess I, I don't. I, I didn't mind the play call. I just one guy misses block, and when one guy misses the block, that's a problem. Um, I, I don't mind going for it there. I just uh, no, I, I didn't mind going for it at all there. I just I just thought I don't know play action. Kelsey Kelsey wasn't really catching the ball, but I know it's like it just seemed like with, with so many defensive holding calls nowadays. Yes. Put the ball in the air, I think, on there. there. And, and you know who loved the 
Chris Collinsworth loved them going for a fourth down. He yeah. last night that was his thing. Yeah. He was going to talk about fourth downs and and the Colts. I mean, there was one point when the Colts had the ball on like the minus nineteen. It was fourth and one. No, they draw. It was. Uh, I think the pass was dropped. He goes, if it was fourth and one, they would have gone for it. Chris, come on. Like, right. They, yeah. they have, they have they, no, no. The Chiefs have 19 yards scored. They're not doing that. Uh, but that's the thing. Look, analytics has shown, and I agree with it, that being aggressive on fourth down pays off in the end. We saw the percentage of of win chances on the screen yesterday, and the Colts have two analytics guys that showed them in the booth. I mean, they they're they're progressive. They uh, and it paid off. I think it, I think being aggressive in the end pays off. I do not think the call might have been the best for Andy Reid, but I like being aggressive. It works in the end. One more thing, because I know you have a daughter around here and the iPad is not, you have to panic as a parent when the iPad doesn't work and they want to eat, right? So I want to get you out of here. But uh, MVP, it looked like Mahomes was running away with it. The new the new odds are out, plus 120. Brady and Wilson, 10 to 1. I I, I think they should be a little, little higher there. Rodgers, Watson, 14 to 1. McCaffrey, 16 to 1. Now, this is a game changer. He's different from last year, I think. I know you follow that Panthers team. You watch them. He could turn a game around, much like a lot of those names that I just mentioned. Is 16-1 to good value, or is a running back just not going to win it? A running back is never winning this award. I mean, he'd have to rush for 2,000 yards and receive for 1,000. He'd have to have 3,000 yards, maybe, even to consider that. And the Panthers have to win. Well, that's the thing. And that's the problem. So I, I think in these odds... Tom Brady has done nothing to be the MVP. Uh, I mean, I think you're looking at Wilson at ten to one. Rodgers, you said ten to one as well. Um, feels like those are are the Rogers the best ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rodgers at fourteen to one and Wilson at fourteen to one. Are, I think are, are pretty good. It's weird how Trubisky was like the favorite to win this award, according to everyone who yeah. put a lot of money down this other season, just right. throwing away your money. Mahomes is still is wow, it's clearly the favorite. Geez, still. Yeah, I mean, we were looking looking for a number two here because it's going to be Mahomes in our runaway. And even after last night, I thought those odds would tighten up a little. But yeah, I think you're right about McCarver. That, that just sucks that it's it's wasted money. But yeah, much like the NBA, you need a top two. That Russell Westbrook year aside, you need a top two or three seed. And what what could the Panthers be? Best case, so ten and six, eleven and five. Yeah, the best case is they win the South. I think there needs to be a new way we vote for these awards. I don't mind an MVP award, just like most valuable player, but then we should have like a most outstanding player, regardless of offense or defense. So it could be Aaron Donald. It could be Christian McCaffrey. So you could give the MVP to Russell Wilson, who's obviously so valuable for that team, but also recognize that McCaffrey had a kick-ass season two and give him the most outstanding, whatever name you want to name, most outstanding player award, whatever it is. Uh, best player is not a quarterback. Like Whatever the award wants to be, yeah. Because then, like, I think J.J. Watt in his record-setting year a couple years ago, Aaron Donald last year, they deserve some recognition besides defensive players. You're like, we know they're that good, but most outstanding, whatever it is, that, to me, is a change the NFL can make. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's a lot of smart people say Aaron Donald is the best player on the field right now. It's like, all right, give him an award for that. It, it doesn't seem fair that you could just say that over and over and over year after year. But I will say this about McCaffrey. I don't know how many more highlights of 70-yard runs or runs after catch we're going to see where a guy is not within 15 yards of him before that number tightens up to 8 or 9 to 1, whether he wins or not. Yeah, I, I, God, people are, I think, feel like suckers taking that bet. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, a running back, the last two times a, a running back won, they either like broke a rushing record, uh, which Adrian Peters had over 2,000 yards. He didn't break a record, but 2,000 yards. Sean Alexander and LT, I think it was 05, 06. You each had like the touchdown record. They switched yeah. off year after year. Like, so he's got to have like some, he's getting there. I think he has a record of what, most 200 scrimmage yards games, some, some yeah. crazy number like that in the first couple of weeks. He's got to continue to do it. He looked good yesterday, man. And people doubted him. I didn't. I didn't understand why he ran between the tackles in college. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was this. I didn't feel this fast in college. No, and yesterday, just right through the defense. Yeah, right. All right. Speaking of fast, your daughter ran out of, sprinted out of here. I don't know. You, you should probably go find her. Thank you. So you have anything to plug, Jeff? Uh, my yeah, my podcast. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Um, it's a football podcast. Uh, we do do some gambling on Thursday. And then my website, SchwartzNFL.com. Just go there. Everything's there. My writing, my podcast, my radio schedule. Uh, this podcast will be up there. Uh, so yeah, Schwartz NFL. And then also on my podcast would be great. There you go. And don't go after Jeff on Twitter. He's an X's and O's guy. He'll take care of you. My uh, brother, Brian, on my podcast found out the hard way. I figured, I think he was sort of our, uh, agreeing with you. And then you took it a step. I can't even remember who it was for. It was a college thing. What, what college? Uh, 
I, I can't remember. Did I, you I have? Was, I was. Oh, it was about play calls. No, I was rude, rude to him. No, you weren't rude. No, you just. Oh, I can be. I no. I mean, I it's there's the problem is and people say this to me. Well, why don't you talk about all the good tweets you get? Last night, I don't know my phone. My my mentions are in ruins with Chiefs fans last night. Just like crying about the Chiefs and whining. It's like I don't have a lot of positive messages. I'm sorry that I can't spread love to everyone all the time. But that's, I don't know. I don't know. Keep it real. I think. Honestly, you're going to hold the highest office in the land soon enough. Thank you, Jeff Schwartz. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, bud. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Hey, I'm on Thursday Night Football, Fox, pregame show. Watch me take shots at TBs, Tom Brady, and Terry Bradshaw. Also lock it in, FS1, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern Time. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that. For the degenerate trifecta heel producer Jim Cunningham and Jeff Schwartz, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping.